Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where, instead of therapy, we address emotional damage through a series of elaborate schemes. Book number 22, Too Much in Love. Will Dee Dee's dependents chase Bill away? Oh my god, Chase Bill. Is that... His name is Bill Chase. What? Oh man. Hi everybody, I'm your host Marissa Flaxbart, and with me today is a man that you may know if you have been listening to this podcast, or if you're just a fan of his work, and his name is... Russ Nickel. Russ Nickel, hi! Hi. So did you know that this was a very special episode of Sweet Valley Diaries? No. But not in, like, the very special episode sense of, like, an after-school special or, like, the one uh, Growing Pains where the guy dies, Mm. where uh, Matthew Perry dies. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, He dies. I'm just at episode eight of Growing Pains. (laughs) You're so behind, Russ. Um, Oh, God. I think of that one right away. I'm joking about it, but it's just because I'm still scarred about Mm. that. You don't expect somebody to die in a sitcom. Are the pains of that moment growing or lessening for you? You know, ironically, I think they're lessened over time, but it was a pain that was part of growing Mm. to see it the first time and probably several more times after that. It's beautiful. Uh, I love growing pains. Anyway, no, but what's special is a couple things. One, though, is this is the first of the, like, regular book episodes where we have had a return guest. And that's you. It's me. I put in the caveat because my dad has technically been on the show twice. But the second one was a special edition. Yeah, so that doesn't count. Kind of doesn't. I don't have to compete for attention with your dad. It's a good thing. Because <laughs> I would lose. Probably. Oh, wow. That was better than I thought. But there's another thing that I think is kind of special about this particular book. Mm-hmm. I think these books might start to be having good lessons. Yeah, I was shocked. Okay, so you agree <laughs> with me. I wasn't sure if you would agree with me. I do. But, okay, well, let's get into it, because uh, listeners are probably on the edge of their seats now, like, what? Good lessons? Impossible. I thought this was Sweet Valley High. Or maybe, I thought this was Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast that proclaims to love this series, but instead just talks about uh, all the things that are wrong with the books, <laughs> book, uh, week after week. There must be some listener that's, like, sticking with it, just being like, please say you loved this one. Please say you loved this one. <laughs> Let's do what we do on every episode Mm. after a certain number when we started this rule and describe the cover of the book. It's a special one. Um, Dee Dee, with a nice blue rag, (laughs) leans against Bill, uh, pressing her head into him, looking off into the distance while Bill looks down at her being like, what's happening? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The look on Dee Dee's face. Now... (laughs) Listeners, if you're wondering about Dee Dee and Bill, that's understandable because they're not main characters in these books. So Dee Dee and Bill are a couple that uh, fell in love in the previous book that Russ was the guest on, which is why I asked him to come back. Do you remember that book at all? Yeah, there was a school play and Bill surfs and... He taught Dee Dee to surf? Yeah, but then Jessica... Is that her name? Oh, yeah, for Uh, sure. Was like, I'm the hot, talented actress... So if Bill wants Dee Dee, then I want Bill to prove that I could get whatever I want. Yeah. And we got a recap of some of that in this book. Mm-hmm. So that's Dee Dee and Bill. And they've been, uh, you know, inseparable ever since. Um, we're always wondering about the timeline of these books. Elizabeth does say they'd been a couple for a while. Mm-hmm. Or the book tells us they'd been a couple for a while. So that's at least a few days. Yeah. In Sweet Valley. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at Dee Dee's watch. She's wearing some kind of big pink bracelet, but she has this look on her face that I can only describe as, like, crazy eyes. <laughs> I buy it. It's intense. Yeah. And Bill is looking down at her somewhat disdainfully. Right. It's definitely not an embrace between two people who are happy and in love. Yeah. He looks hot, though. Oh, yeah. It, it's sort of like a uh, if Draco Malfoy were taller with a better jawline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay. You like Draco's jawline? No. I feel like that is sort of uh, actually underselling how handsome Bill looks. Oh, so you're just not a fan of... Oh, you know what? Um, I have to confess that you were talking about Draco Malfoy, but in my head I was picturing 
the a terrible kid from Game of Thrones. A Joffrey? Yeah. Oh man. Well, so you know, Joffrey is has not a good face. Yeah. I feel like Draco. Yeah, yeah. I take it all back. Uh. He looks exactly like Draco Malfoy. <laughs> um, and I just had a crossed wire in my head about very pale blonde men. Yeah, young villains. Young, yeah. Young yeah. villains, not men is an overstatement. There's a lot of, or there's not a lot of young villains out there. Oh, I feel like you're really letting me off the hook for this really bad fuck up. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, I'm a catch and release sort of fisherman, so. I'm not, I thought I was bringing my A game, but I, I clearly, <laughs> I'm so focused on the book that A-game. all other characters <laughs> from all other worlds have fallen out of my head. I'm bringing A game, yeah. yeah. It's not my A game, it is just <laughs> A game. Mm-hmm. This is Sweet Valley Diaries. Oh, I was trying to reset us. Um, well, we talked about the cover. That's mm-hmm. great. And you, we already know that you have limited but specific exposure to the series you ha- know about Bill and Dee Dee. So we have had in the past few books a little bit of a glimpse into some things going wrong with Bill and Dee Dee, but we don't know what it is. They've, mm-hmm. People have seen them fighting. So how, how does this one start? Uh, there's a talent show coming up. We've got a... Very high stakes ticking clock. Uh, and the parents are going out of town. Yes. Ned and Alice Wakefield, just to continue their fabulous parenting, have decided to just go ahead and leave the country. And uh, so they're going to leave Elizabeth and Jessica alone. Stephen has gone back to college, uh, blissfully. He's basically over Trisha. And they're going to go to Mexico City to pick up some legal papers. Right, because the person down there is too busy to bring them himself. And uh, the post hasn't been invented yet. Also, Ned Wakefield, his law practice is all over the place. Because last week he was a divorce lawyer. And this week he's covering some sort of immigration case mm-hmm. about... or not, I'm sorry, it's not immigration at all. It's actually about like illegal imports over the Mexico-America border. Right. Lawyers uh, don't specialize. They just do law things. Well, you know, when you're as good as Ned Wakefield, you don't limit yourself. You don't pigeonhole yourself. Coo, coo. <laughs> so that's happening to, that's what's happening with Elizabeth and Jessica. I guess we should say that Elizabeth is in charge of the talent show. And after a notable absence in the previous book, Mr. Collins is back for Ooh. Collins Watch 2019 now. Here's a line about Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins, the English teacher who acted as faculty advisor for the paper, had been so impressed with her hard work and organizational ability that he'd been finding new ways to keep her busy. (laughs) So I just thought out of context that that was kind of fun. But uh, he's coming up with new ways to keep Elizabeth busy. I think they mean that euphemistically, but not sexually euphemistically. Like, I'll always have more work for you to do, Elizabeth, if you want to do more stuff. He is described as the favorite teacher because he's so handsome. But not just because he's so handsome. No. Also because he's very understanding. Right. And because uh, he fucks the students. We'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that making the subtext text is sometimes nice for the listeners. But no, I I stand by Mr. Collins. He does not... He's not up to hanky-panky, despite what Suzanne Devlin and others possibly, might accuse him of. Listeners know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Russ might not. I don't. But no, he seems great. So, there's a talent show. Um, So, that's Elizabeth and Jess. But, of course, uh, Dee Dee and Bill have to enter the scene at some point. When do they? Chapter one. So, because of the talent show, Elizabeth... Need someone to design sets for the show? Yes. As any listener is aware, in high school talent shows, each five-minute act gets its own designed, built, and painted set. Right. And when the show is, like, two weeks away, that's when you plan everything and hire uh, the set designer. <laughs> so Dee Dee is such a talented artist that Elizabeth is going to ask her to design the sets. But when she calls Dee Dee... Dee Dee is like, oh, let me talk to Bill and see what he says before I tell you yes, and then I'll get back to you. That's bad behavior. Well, it definitely sets off alarms for Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth freaks out. There's a lot of, like, the Dee Dee I know wouldn't have to ask Bill what he thought. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, been rumors going around that Dee Dee has dropped out of the design classes she was taking. Yeah, she was interning basically with the top designer in the whole area and loved those classes. They were the bread and butter of her breakfast. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's her favorite part of breakfast. So, as it is for anyone. Yeah. Mm. Part of this complete breakfast. Mm-hmm. Bread and butter was always there. Right, but then she stopped eating bread and butter and just had a giant bowl of Bill cereal. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, so nobody really understands why Dee Dee has changed in this way. Luckily, we get a real nice glimpse into Dee Dee's uh, inner life, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, her parents got divorced and her mom had said we should have just taken more time to spend alone together we both got too busy and we ran out of time for each other and one thing led to another and the marriage fell apart Uh, I highlighted the same passage because (laughs) uh, allow us to go on Um, this is just giving us a glimpse into Dee Dee's are we going for the last paragraph of chapter one oh yeah I marched the crap out of that that was a good laugh out loud moment Didi's eyes stung with tears when she remembered the day her father had walked out of the house forever. Watching her parents break up, it hurt her terribly. But that isn't going to happen to Bill and me, she vowed, turning the key in the ignition. We just need to spend a little more time with each other. And Bill needs to see how much I depend on him, how much I need to be with him. Once he realizes that, Didi thought fiercely, he won't leave me. Not for anything in the world. It was such a great chapter end. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. So that's how Dee Dee is thinking about romance and uh, relationships at this point. Healthy. Yeah. Remember that, listeners, for later, how much it hurt her when her father walked out. It's an important fact that we'll come back to. And then it's like, there's another important detail here, which is that some little tidbit of something that her mother had said really stuck with her, which is we just should have spent more time together. Mm -hmm. So... It seems like it's the kind of thing where her mom probably said a lot of things, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things. But for whatever reason, Dee Dee hooked on to that one. Like, okay, this is a lesson. Um, and she gets that reinforced from another party later, but we'll get to that uh, when we get to it. And while it was very melodramatic, and I did laugh out loud and then showed my roommate, uh, I also thought, well, this book is doing good work to explain why this character is making these choices. And it's pretty reasonable. Well, and also, I mean, we can talk about this at any point during this podcast, but I don't think it's totally out there for, like, a teen girl to have this MO, even though she probably wouldn't think these thoughts as explicitly. Like, I just need to show him how much I need him, and then he'll never leave me ever. Might That might not be going through your brain the way that it's going fiercely. Dee Dee is thinking fiercely of those very thoughts. But you might definitely feel like... Um, I need to show him, I need to make it clear to him that these are my feelings. Yeah. You know, I can, I can relate to that. Unlike my mom. My stupid mom who drove away my father and ruined my life. Yeah. Stupid mom. Ugh. Um, so then the next chapter, something huge happens. Mm -hmm. It happens very quickly. So I'm not entirely sure whether you noticed it, but there is a character introduced to us whose name is Patty Gilbert. We didn't know Patty Gilbert before? We did not know Patty Gilbert. Do you remember Patty Gilbert from your previous book? No. Well, apparently she's Dee Dee's best friend. (laughs) And I really want to apologize for the, like, excitement and alarm in my voice here, because it's not, maybe not, like, super PC, but this is a banner moment. Because you guys, Patty Gilbert, in addition to being a senior, 10 months older than Dee Dee, which, cool, good for you, Dee Dee, you got an older friend. Are we talking about the paragraph where she's black and is the best person in the whole school? She's black, you guys! Woo! I did notice that. And she's also beautiful, so Mm -hmm. some things never change. Uh, Every character in the book is beautiful. Although poor Dee Dee is... Yeah, not (laughs) not, classically beautiful. No, to the point that late on in the book, Jessica sees Dee Dee smile and thinks to herself that she looks almost beautiful. Like, you bitch. That's amazing. You're, even your inner monologue is bitchy. Um, so, yeah, uh, Patty Gilbert is the best, and she is one of the most popular, talented girls in her class. You'd think that we would have heard of her before now, but whatever. She's here now, and she's uh, she's uh, great. Yay! She's just the best friend ever. She never does anything dubious, and she knows Dee Dee very well. And she has a boyfriend, uh, Jim Hollis, who lives in another town. Mm-hmm. I think Hollis was his last name. Hollis. Patty is a source for us of, like, kind of getting a glimpse of how Dee Dee's changed from somebody, like, that's a little bit closer to her than Elizabeth is, which I don't know if we really needed that, (laughs) but whatever, she's used 
and that isn't romantically entangled like Bill is. And it seems like Bill and Dee Dee have both been really busy, but mostly Bill. Because Dee Dee's quitting everything. Bill's been crazy busy, right? We yes. know he's, like, a, got an agent. Right. Fucking Bill. Bill's the great. I mean, you know, he needs to get cast to play Draco Malfoy. Oh, interesting. The crossover. Uh, he's crushing his swim practices because there's a big meet coming up. Apparently he spends 10 hours a week at swim practice. I mean, that's not an unreasonable amount I guess that's right. I mean, I was thinking, the swim team was a really big deal at my high school as well, and I guess they probably did spend that much time during season. Yeah, I spent 15 plus hours a week at baseball. We had three-hour practices five days a week. Five days a week. That's just so much practice. Yeah. Like, you have other things to do as a high schooler. Well, that's why I'm perfect. Oh, because you practiced three hours of baseball five days a week for during baseball season? Yeah, and because oh. practice. I've been wondering why you were perfect. Makes perfect. Yeah, I've been wondering why. Now I understand. Yeah, you're welcome. You put in your 15 hours. As Malcolm Gladwell always <laughs> exactly. says. Exactly. You put in that 15 hours. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Bill is really busy. Dee Dee is noticing that Bill is maybe being a little bit quiet in the car. She feels like he's pulling away, and her strategy is to like... Sink her claws in. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. 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 And he has this moment. Am I am I skipping anything? He has this moment early on where he tells her that he's going to qualify for regionals. Mm-hmm. He gets is getting a chance to qualify for regionals in swimming. Right. So he's going to have to do that on on Friday. But Dee Dee was really looking forward to their double date with Jim and Patty. And Jim lives in another town. He's never here. And, like, we were going to spend time together, Bill. We were going to go to a Chinese restaurant. We were going to go to a Chinese restaurant. Which, like, is apparently a big deal. None of them are allergic to Chinese food. <laughs> Bill is like, oh, Dee Dee, I'm so sorry. I, I forgot about it. Um, But you just go with them. Like, it'll be fun. And she's like, I can't go alone. And he's weirded out by that. Yeah, and she's like, I'll just bring them to the swim meet. And he yeah. goes, that's a stupid idea. They don't want to watch a swim meet. Yeah, it's like, they have this night together, you know, they want to go do something fun, not watch a swim meet. Yeah, and everyone knows that eating Chinese food is much more exciting than watching a swim meet. Those two are in totally different categories. Yeah. Oh, and this also, Dee Dee has told Patty that she quit the classes. So yeah. Patty is like, what is going on? The Didi I know wouldn't have quit those classes. Yeah, everybody is a little bit uh, weirded out. Now, there's another thing going on with Bill, right? Which is that Bill has sensed that Didi has been a little crazy. He he proclaims often in this book his love for Didi. He's still mm-hmm. in love with Didi. Yes. But he fell in love with this independent girl. Not this Didi. Not this Didi. Right, the Didi I know. Yeah. <laughs> mean, so Didi's had a real personality shift here. Because yes. uh, everybody knows a different Didi. Mm-hmm. Even Didi knows a different Didi. But <laughs> she can feel it, but she's just... It's like she can sense that she's gone awry, but she doesn't want to stop it. Because she's just afraid to lose Bill. She knows she's gone awry, and every moment pushes him further away. And so then she gets more panicked. So then yeah. she sinks her claws in deeper. It's very reasonable. There, yeah, yeah. There was um, really like gut punchy scene for me, which was when they're at the meet. Mm-hmm. So, oh. th- so they do. And your face right now, if you uh, listen, if you could see Russ's face, it is very pure horror. Anyway, so me, yeah. So they they go. Uh, Jim comes to town. Jim seems nice. Mm-hmm. We could save it for the boys section, but there's not much to say about Jim. He doesn't really get described except as being like. He is affably watching the swim meet, so he didn't care. Swim meet is just as good as Chinese food. Yeah, he's like, uh, I haven't been to swim meet in a long time, you know? That's so. Jim's personality. That's all we get. Yeah. And uh, so Jim, Patty, and Dee Dee are watching the swim meet. Bill wins his Woo! race. Woo! So Dee Dee is so excited for Bill that she stands up and cheers. You know, that's normal, right? And then she starts climbing over people down the bleachers, pushing her way through the entire audience, so blinded by her love and her need to show Bill that she's supportive, that she doesn't even, like, see the people around her. And she pushes through everyone, and then pushes somehow, like, into the pool section. And I guess she's calling his name. Bill! Bill! Yeah. And, like, past all the teammates and all the competitors, and runs up in front of everyone and embraces him. Yeah. He is freaked out. Yeah. And the book describes that, like, she tries to 
hug him and he's like stiffens his arms and i was just thinking isn't he soaking wet yeah the book does not describe the wetness of Mm-mm. bill but um it seems like that would be even more embarrassing but then it's like dd knew that she'd ruined everything. Like, she'd ruined the evening. She'd been so happy moments earlier. And there's a lot of that in this book. Mm -hmm. Like, seconds earlier, everything was great, but then she made one misstep and everything was ruined. Mm -hmm. Which is very dramatic and also kind of is, like, what it's like to be a teenager, right? Yeah. Would you say? Oh, I would. I think that we also have left out an important detail, which is that Dee Dee repeatedly, this is actually some good kind of like planting in the book, I have to say, repeatedly shows up at either at Bill's house or at the school. She's like meeting him somewhere and he's not expecting her to be there. And he's not like disappointed exactly when he, when, if they do run into each other, but it's always just a little bit like, oh, you're here. Yeah. You know? Right. And like, she's like, oh, I just thought we could hang out. And he's like, yeah. oh, but. I have to go work on this history project. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dee Dee is kind of like, back in the early days of our relationship, we always did everything together. Like, I wouldn't have had to make plans with him to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Which I can, I guess I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They went through a honeymoon phase. And then after the honeymoon phase, you have to recalibrate to both being different people again and like your own person and like right actually having balance like making plans to get together and stuff the problem is not so much that she wishes that they could spend more time together it's that her decision of how she's going to fix it is by like having no identity except through bill and pushing herself and trying to get him to prove her his love to her somehow right and the whole premise is this talent show and everyone's mad at her for not joining, and she only wants to join if Bill's going to do it. Right. Uh, because that then they can spend time together. And he does agree to do it, but then he ends up having too many things on his plate. So he drops out, so she drops out, and it's this big Yeah, and, and Patty basically guilts her into doing it anyway. Yeah. And then there's this recurring thing where every time they get together to try to plan talent show stuff or work on it, Dee Dee has like, she needs constant reassurance. Mm-hmm. So she's got a design or she's painting something and she's always asking Elizabeth, like, help me, help me. Right. Do you think this is good? And Elizabeth is like, I don't know design. Yeah. It looks great, but you know better than anyone here. And I don't relate to this at all because when I'm in long-term relationships, I definitely don't send every email to my girlfriend before I send it out to like a professional person. I don't have them read every short story I write. (laughs) What? What is it, Marissa? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I have no codependency problems. Well, and though it's just, it's interesting because we're not even talking about her asking Bill. We're talking about her asking Elizabeth. It's like, it applies to everybody. It's like, she just, no matter what she needs, she needs someone there. There's a weird moment. I wonder if I highlighted it. Um, oh, there's this weird moment when Elizabeth, she's so frustrated with Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, she doesn't understand. God knows why, but she just has no idea how capable she is. Or maybe, Elizabeth thought with a flash of insight, she did know, but she wanted to be helpless and dependent on people. But why in the world would she want that? Oh, man. Pretty good. Very good. Just to talk about the talent show for a second. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think that what they're doing is a variety show. You're Be- right. But you know? It's not a talent show. Because <laughs> like, they get a group together and everybody's got their things that they're going to do. Um, but they're not specific talents. They're like reading a... Oh, well, oh, maybe that's oh a yeah. Sorry. Hold that oh, yeah. Todd is going to do a stand-up routine, which when I read that, I was like, oh, Todd, please don't. Please don't do a stand-up routine at the talent show. I love you, Todd, but I don't think you can pull that off. Um, You're a basketball player, not a comedian. (laughs) Right. And... Can we... I just have to interject with Todd's drama. There's something going on with Todd, and he's not being very forthcoming. And Elizabeth asks if it's serious in the car because she's really worried about him. He says no. And she's like, oh, thank heavens. And Todd goes, Liz, what would I do without you? Todd cried suddenly, wrapping his arms around her so tightly she thought she might break in half. It's a ridiculous question, she told herself, smiling happily in his arms. Thank heavens, it's one we don't have to consider, even for a single moment. 
Uh, so luckily, Elizabeth knows for sure that everything is great between her and Todd, and no drama could possibly arise. And the very thought of them ever having to be apart is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, putting that aside... Sorry, it mirrors the it's, Yeah, it does, where, actually. Like, she is so fully engrossed in this Todd relationship that, like, she can't picture being on her own right. right just like Didi can't picture being on her own and actually doing the set design of this talent show and todd faced with this thought process also is doing the same thing he he holds he hugs her so tight he's gonna break her it's right. like so like the book has done a jo- good job mirroring yeah. everyone's problems yeah the, ken matthews and winston egbert are gonna do a magic act where they mm-hmm. cut jessica in half mm-hmm. and patty is going to do a dance number and there's a funny thing where she's just like yeah i even picked out what song i want to do it to it's like yeah that's how the show works but i thought it was weird because elizabeth was just asking these it's like people volunteered to be in the talent show they didn't audition with their talent for the talent show mm-hmm. Which is also why it's a variety show, you know? And with the sets and everything, it's like they're trying to put on a variety show. The sets are insane. Like, when we had the variety show at my school, we did it in the cafeteria, and the sets were two chairs you could use. Well, I was wondering, like, what size auditorium they were working in, because I at my high school, when we had talent shows, they were in the giant auditorium. There, If there had been backdrops, it would have been a huge undertaking to, right. to paint back, backdrops. So there was there yeah there were no backdrops you there were it was like lighting and stuff. Yeah, where did they get this budget? Dee Dee though is like doing the painting of uh, of the stuff and when she dar- gets working on it, there's a a point where she's working on it at home, and I was like, <laughs> how is she painting this canvas at home? Like how big is this stage? It's Sweet Valley sized. Oh. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Sweet though. Valley is a place. That's any place and no place, and their oh, stage okay. is any size and no size. I think you're right. I think you're right, actually, about that. Mm-hmm. Well, the big drama in this book between Bill and Dee Dee centers around Bill going to see a movie. With a girl. Yeah, and not just any movie, but a W.C. Fields movie, because he's like, loves old Hollywood. Yeah, he does. He's an actor. And not just any girl, but Dana Larson of the droids, mm-hmm. who's fun and funky, and he can't help but compare Dana and Dee Dee. Because <laughs> they both start with D. Yeah, even though he knows he shouldn't. They're both juniors at Sweet Valley High, they're both white girls, I mean, they have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. But Dana has a boyfriend, I guess, although the book doesn't make that clear at first. Yeah. And and it says that Bill's not really interested in her, but... It's just so fun to spend time with someone who's so independent and interesting. Yeah, and she had two tickets that, I don't know, she won or something, to the screening of this Mm. movie. And so she invited Bill because she knew that Bill would be into it. Which is fine, I guess. That's fine. But Bill decides not to tell Dee Dee about it. Normally he definitely would, he says. But Dee Dee's been so weird about every fucking thing lately. that He's like, it's better if I just... Don't mention it, because she's going to be weirded out. Mm-hmm. Seems like a little bit of a red flag to me. <laughs> like, if you know your girlfriend is going to be weirded out by an activity that you do, mm-hmm. if you told her, right. then that's probably a reason either not to do that or to, like, figure something else out. Well, yeah. I mean, but the point is that, again, all of this is a lack of communication because they've entered this cycle where Bill's not being honest about the fact that Dee Dee's actions are upsetting him. Yeah. So instead, he's coddling her because he thinks that if he spoke about how he truly felt, it would only upset her further and worsen things, which also is not something I've ever experienced. (laughs) Yep. I don't know. Um, The listeners to this podcast do not know you personally. Right. But I think even if they were here and could see your face, if they didn't know you... They might think you were being genuine and this not is every deeply, relationship like, dryly sarcastic. I've ever been in. It's been horribly codependent. And my therapist constantly tells me I have to listen to my gut and actually explain my feelings instead of trying to just make things okay because I'm worried about the feelings of someone else. So that's been true since high school for me. It's great. 
So this book was not triggering at all. So not triggering. Yeah. Well, that's a new experience, I think. I knew and often joke that, you know, I force my friends to read these books along with me and, like, put them through that torture or whatever. I think the biggest one was my poor father, to bring this up again at Christmas, mm-hmm. spent hours of his Christmas break reading this terrible book. And it was a special edition, so it was really long. Uh-huh. But never before have I really been concerned at this level that, like, maybe I was causing some sort of trauma. but but yeah they have this problem and um i think that bill forgot what town he lives in because guess what he walks out of the theater and jessica wakefield and carol walker are there and of course they are and if it hadn't been them it would have been some other two other pi beta alpha bitches or like somebody else lila someone that he doesn't even see them but like there's a whole gossip mill like he he forgot that he lives in sweet valley Mm mm-hmm so, of course, Jessica hates Dee Dee because Dee Dee got what Jessica c- couldn't get. Or what Bill had been in love with Jessica, but. Because then... Jessica looks exactly like his dead ex girlfriend. Yes, which I cannot. I was shocked, actually, that we got the whole Julianne story again yeah, in this book. Pretty exciting. So, listeners, if you did not listen to the previous uh, Dee Dee and Bill episode, which is. The other one that Russ was on, if you want to listen to that episode, we learn a lot about this other... When Bill lived in Santa Monica, before he moved to Sweet Valley, that he had this, you know, tragic thing that happened. And usually when characters think about tragic things that happened in their past, and we get a little interlude, the books are describing something that happened in one of the previous books. Mm. But this time, both in both books, we're learning about something that happened before the books ever began. Yeah. It's, Pretty exciting. Yeah. So Bill is still carrying that baggage along mm-hmm. with him into his relationship with Dee Dee, too. It makes him think that maybe he can't trust himself. Right. That he could be so damaged that he fell in love too quickly because he just wanted that feeling again. Yeah. And are and, Dee Dee and him really a great match, or is it him wanting right. to recapture something? Jessica was just like Julianne, physically at least. And then when he saw that here was Dee Dee and she had all these great qualities of like they had things in common but she did look like Julianne it was like oh well that's the girl for me and he thinks that maybe that maybe he saw something in her that wasn't really there because as we've established this is not the Dee Dee he fell in love with (laughs) you know what we haven't talked about what the party the party yeah because it just isn't that important no a lot of time is spent talking about it though so there is a B story we can get through real quick guess what Parents are out of town. Jessica's having a party. So Jessica and Lila plot that they are going to have a big party while the Wakefield parents are out of town. Elizabeth is like, keep me out of this. This is dumb. And Jessica feels very much like, if you think I can't be trusted, then you're infantilizing me. You know, like, I can have an adult party. Like, She would never use a word like infantilize. That's true. (laughs) But she does she does often say you're treating me like I'm a baby, you're mm-hmm. acting like like with your warnings about how having a party is a bad idea, you're acting like I'm a toddler. Right. And uh luckily for her, Jessica's entirely correct and the party goes fine. <laughs> well, Jessica has like I they check off every box of like stereotypical parents out of town fucking things up. Mm-hmm. Like she overfills the laundry machine. Which the parents are gone for a week. So why she had to do laundry, I don't understand. <laughs> She's never done it before. Here, I'll read it actually. I have this passage. I was gonna do the laundry, she said. Hurt. I just wanted to see if you had any clothes that needed washing. The laundry? Elizabeth said incredulously, sitting straight up in bed and rubbing her eyes. Are you serious? I don't think I've seen you do laundry in your life. That, Jessica said merrily, is because I've never done it. But there's no time like the present for learning how. Come on, Liz. Get out of bed so I can do your sheets. This is sick, Elizabeth said uneasily, looking at her twin as if she were deranged. What's gotten into you, Jess? You're not the Jessica I know. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I really got a kick out of, this is sick. <laughs> it's like, it's so out of character. Yeah. that. She- yeah, I mean, ba- in the last book, Jessica did things out of character. They were very worried about her. And so I guess that's Elizabeth still worried. But yeah, so Jessica screws that up. While they're dealing with that, they set a pan of mini pizza mushrooms on fire. And yet they're still going to have the party. It's like her and Lila's scheme. Then they invite college guys. Yeah. And- 
College guys are drunk and... Well, let's take a little uh, walk over to the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Boys! Oh, who's a beautiful boy? Who's a beautiful boy? Well, there's a boy that appears eventually in this book, but his name is Drake. O'Malfoy. Well, we've talked about him already. Bill Chase is Drake O'Malfoy, only physically. <laughs> uh, for the last couple of months, Lila has been dating someone named Drake Howard, and he's a college boy. Oh, yeah. He is in a fraternity called Delta Theta that all the really cute guys are in, mm. and Lila is really forcing college guys on Jessica. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, not really having it. Yeah. Except that Lila just, like, seems so sophisticated. That's that's how they're playing in this book. That, that Jessica... She can't... And, like, Lila is rich and has the best parties. Jessica's like, oh, money is what it takes to throw good parties. And Lila says no. Lila is... Yeah, she it's says no. List. It's the guest list. Lila is in Jessica's head, though. So she mm -hmm. is really hoping to have a cool adult party. Mm -hmm. You really kind of feel for Jess. Like, she does seem sort of like a baby. Um, <laughs> there's a line where Jessica says, college guys? Aren't they kind of old? I mean... Lila looked at Jessica as if she'd just crawled out of a playpen. <laughs> Which I don't know what that look is, but... So good. Um, so they do have the party. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking of boys, Drake Howard brings a bunch of his frat bros there, and they get out six-packs. Right. They are, Crazy. They're just like running amok. Yeah, because no one in high school drinks. And also because frat guys love hitting on 16-year-olds. And that's chill. I mean, maybe. Yeah, These maybe. guys do. I mean, they just seem like... Like, Drake Howard is described... I mean, his name is Drake Howard. He seems very, like, cool and sophisticated. But when these dudes show up at the party... They seem like real brutes. Like, they seem like yeah, just, the Animal House. Yeah, drunk. No, I mean, Animal House, which is problematic in its own ways. And speaking uh, of uh, <laughs> having an underage girlfriend. Right. But he doesn't know. But, but he does think that she's, like... She th the problem is that, like, he thinks she's 16 or something. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, Animal House ages yeah. perfectly. Uh, <laughs> what? I lost my train of thought, but you get it. About the, fr the frat guys? What they seem like? Oh, right, but, like, at least theoretically, the characters in Animal House are, like, charming. These guys just, like, Drake immediately gets into an argument with Lila. Yeah. Like, they don't, none of them are fun and in like, any way. And, like, Lila tries horrible. to leave, and he, like, yells at her and, like, yeah. tells her to stay. And at least in Animal House, they have the parties at their own frat house. They're not right. bringing their crazy nonsense mm -hmm. to a 16-year-old girl's par house party. Well, just speaking of aging well, there's that whole weird issue where sororities aren't allowed to have parties because it's like you know wouldn't be womanly to have men in your abode yeah which neighbors too was a nice reaction to yeah i agree i agree i mean it, in chicago where i went to college uh sororities were not allowed to have sorority houses because it violated some kind of brothel law so times do Yay. they change yeah <laughs> yes but laws yes, but. sometimes don't right women um, are empowered yeah, yeah. So, other boys in the boys. book. Boys. Oh, right. We're I mentioned about boys. I mentioned Jim Hollis, who is affable. Um, how about a fellow named Peter West, a who? senior who started his own computer consultancy oh, yes. and was supposed to be making a fortune already. That's who Lila's talking to at the party before uh, before Drake gets there. She's flirting yeah. with Peter West. Oh my, cuz he's the only one rich enough for her. Yeah, probably. I can't believe that Bill Gates goes to Sweet Valley. Everybody's there. We've <laughs> yeah. got the famous actor. We've got the computer scientist. Um, Lila tells Peter about health food. You've got to feel it. You just have to be so in touch with your body that you know what sort of things to put in it. I liked that. Like, this, I don't know, comparing this book to the last book, like, that's self-aware. Right? Like, the book is making fun of Lila yeah. successfully. I'm like, wow, you're actually commenting on how out of touch rich people are. Like, good job, mm -hmm. Sweet Valley. I'm surprised. Also, there's a certain amount of um, double entendre there oh. that I would not normally expect from Lila. The last boy that we need to talk about in the podcast is probably Todd, but I think we should save that because Todd's big moment 
comes at the end. Oh yeah. Of the of the episode, and we want we can use it to kind of tease the next episode. It's basically a, a Marvel stinger. A beautiful boy is a beautiful boy is a beautiful boy. Going back to then to Bill and to Dana, Jessica runs into Bill and Dana at the movies, and she's like, "Yes, like I can stick it to Dee Dee." She even hopes. Um, that Elizabeth is going to have Dee Dee over to the house so that she gets a chance to be alone with Dee Dee to, like, mess with her head. And guess what? That happens. It works super <laughs> easily. And all Jessica has to say is the truth, which is, I mm. saw them together and they looked like they were having a great time. And the book describes it as being, like, successful beyond Jessica's wildest dreams, this scheme. Because clearly Dee Dee didn't know, which Elizabeth wasn't sure if Dee Dee knew they were out. You know? Right. And that just... Like, hits exactly what Dee Dee's fearing. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he's having fun with someone else. I drove him away. This is what's been going on all along. And yeah. she goes into a horrible panic spiral. And she confronts him. And well, Wait, she doesn't get to confront him first, right? Am I misremembering? Doesn't she, like, go to his house and he's not there or something? Or is that a different time? I feel like she can't find him. and It's horrible. And then she has to wait until school the next day. Yeah, she does. She so has to wait until it's until just school. yet another thing where she like can't get a hold of him, and she feels like she, he's off hooking up with someone, and she has literally no confidence in their relationship. Uh, but eventually, Dee Dee does find Bill, and she confronts him about what happened, and they have a whole big argument. I mean, he apologizes, but he's basically just says the truth, which is, I didn't want to tell you because you've been acting crazy lately. Yeah. Uh, so this, listeners, if you remember how much it hurt Dee Dee when her father walked out on them, which I think we can all agree probably is traumatic, Bill finally breaks up with Dee Dee and says, I sure as hell don't understand what's gotten into you, Dee. And all I can say is that the way things are going, I think it's time we called it quits. The next thing Dee Dee knew, Bill had stormed out of the lounge, leaving her alone, her brown eyes shining with tears. Dee Dee had never felt so terrible in her life. It was like the day her father had left, only worse. A million times worse. <laughs> a million times worse than her father leaving. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was so great. Like, yeah. oh man, breaking up with a high school boyfriend you've dated for a while is a million times worse than your father walking out on your family. <laughs> That's how wrapped up in Bill Dee Dee is. Yeah, I mean it's it's about right. Uh, and then she goes to tell she like Elizabeth runs into Dee Dee, and Dee Dee confesses everything to Elizabeth except for one thing. Well, she doesn't confess everything. That's not right. She explains the breakup. She explains what happens with Bill and Dana. Mm -hmm. And the book tells us she didn't tell Elizabeth that Jessica was the one who had told her about Bill and Dana. That seemed impolite. But she told her everything else. And I made a note in this that says, when you support your oppressor, you are complicit in your own oppression. Like, Ooh. why Why do people are always like, it'll be rude to, like, implicate Jessica. Like, <laughs> Jessica did this bad thing, but you know what? I forgive you, Jessica. It's like, they, they know they're, it's like, I don't want to talk bad about Jessica to her sister, which is probably a good strategy because Elizabeth doesn't hear that very well usually. Mm -hmm. But, like, why? Yeah, it's weird. Je like, Jessica was scheming. Mm -hmm. Don't let her off the hook. But she Although, did. in this case... Jessica did just she did just tell, tell something the truth. True. That's true. So I agree with you. That is that is accurate. But this is the least dirty Jessica's hands have ever been. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, Dee Dee like feels like if she sucks it, like she knows what she's done wrong. So she feels like if she sucks it up, she can like go to Bill and be like, you know what? I think we should get back together. I understand what I've done wrong. Mm -hmm. And Bill is like, I need more time. Yeah. Good and, job, Bill. Way to make healthy choices. Yeah. I'm definitely not in a situation right now where a girl that I broke up with a week ago just drunk texted me last night and I engaged with it. Yeah, you never do stuff like that. I would not. Yeah. You because don't... I don't need external validation. I didn't need to ask my roommate today if I should go on a date and have him decide for me because I can't check in with my feelings. Yeah. So what you're saying is you don't relate to these characters on any level. No. Because they're teenagers, fictional teenagers from the 80s, and yeah. you are a real-life adult man I have from the 2010s. <laughs> oh, God. When will I grow up? It just shows these books are more perennial than I ever give them credit for. Is that, um, is that when they bloom once a year? Yes. Yes, it is. It is indeed. Mm. 
you bloom once a year. Uh-huh. What, what, when is it in the year? <laughs> you better find out. Oh, good. You want to be ready when you're blooming. So where are we in this book? We've got the breakup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And Dee Dee is, like, worse than ever with, like, planning things, and everybody's frustrated with her. But she does actually kind of start to realize what's going on, like, on her own. She mm-hmm. has some realizations. Um, and we get a glimpse into another thing. It wasn't just her mom. Which is important, because the whole book, I've been wondering the important writer question for you writers out there of why now? Like, what would cause Dee Dee to change and not be the Dee Dee we've known? Because her parents have been divorced since before she and Bill ever met up. So why would she suddenly start clinging to him? And then it's explained. And it's reasonable. Yeah. So there are actually, I think, a couple of different things that we could point to. Oh. And one of them is that she's been taking this design class. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and read this whole section. It's a little bit long. but I'm going to go ahead and listen. And so are you. Thank you. Dee Dee was sick and tired of being asked why she'd given up her art classes at the Civic Center. Everyone had been bugging her about it. Her mother, Patty, Mr. Collins, and now Jim. Even Bill had been upset about it. But Dee Dee had her reasons. They just happened to be reasons she didn't feel like sharing with anyone else. Not even Bill. Susan Jackson, the young woman who taught the course, was famous throughout the state for her accomplishments in design. Dee Dee had admired her for ages. She'd been so excited about the classes she could hardly contain herself. And they'd been going well. Ms. Jackson thought Dee Dee had a flair for design, and if she kept it up, she could have a profitable career. Then one afternoon, after class, Ms. Jackson asked her out for coffee. Dee Dee had felt honored to be singled out by the brilliant young teacher. They had a long talk, and Ms. Jackson had confided a number of things to her star pupil. She told Dee Dee, among other things, that she had gotten divorced the previous year. She said she still didn't feel the same. Sometimes she missed her husband so much she couldn't bear it. But he had already remarried. A quiet, plain young woman with no career. Someone unthreatening. Someone who would always be around. Not like Susan, whose career had always come first. Just like my mother, Dee Dee had thought forlornly. She went back to school and got a job, and the next thing I knew, my father was walking out the door forever. Dee Dee was smart enough to put two and two together. She didn't go back to her design classes, and soon after her talk with Ms. Jackson, she began to act differently around Bill. What matters, she told herself now, is that he knows I need him. That's what keeps two people together. Before, the way I used to be, I must have made him feel useless, like just another casual friend. But now he knows I depend on him for everything. Nothing else matters but him. And scene. I mean, it's kind of good. It's kind of scary, right? It feels a little bit like a thriller. Like, it's not that it's not realistic. It's that what's going. It's so realistic that it's yeah. like, oh damn! Like, yeah, she sees this pattern of this like successful women, and they have their own interests, and the men are threatened. Are thre- yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I didn't expect that. From this book. Me neither. Well, especially because the book did already have the drivers of, like, well, her mom said this, and it even has another element, this is what I was referring to, where she had lost herself a little bit once the relationship got started because she was constantly second-guessing everything, and, like, as soon as something good happened, she would start to think about how it could go bad, because she'd never really been in a relationship before. Mm. Also very believable, mm-hmm. but but it has all those drivers in place, so this is just, like added reasoning to sell it. Yeah. And a big glimpse inside Dee Dee. Yeah, it was good. Not like vivisection glimpse, but like a... Yeah, unlike when we cut uh, Jessica in half. Yeah. This is the book where Jessica dies. (laughs) Yeah, last week she ran away, this week she's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she got sawed in half by Ken Matthews and Winston. Mm -hmm. So, basically, the way all this wraps up is the part of the book that is the stupidest. It seems to me. Mm -hmm. Because we have watched, the reader has watched, as Dee Dee has figured out her own issues, right? She's noticed that how she feels differently with Bill and without Bill and, like, what challenges she's facing. She remembers, like, she's aware that she's changed. And she feels a little bit uncomfortable about it. So she's gotten there herself. Mm -hmm. 
But Patty and Elizabeth are still exasperated with this new DD that they don't know that well. I don't know. I sort of buy it. Okay, okay. Like, I feel like this is a weird... So I have mental health problems. Uh, uh, OCD, anxiety, depression. It's all great. And I think it's like an interesting glimpse into knowing there's a problem and being aware of the problem, but being helpless to overcome it. Elizabeth and Patty are both so worried about Dee Dee that they think they need to do something to force her into a situation where she has to take control and act confident, and then she will succeed at it, and then realize that she had the power inside her all along. So Elizabeth feigns being sick and says Dee Dee has to take over all the prep for the talent show. Yeah, she says that she has laryngitis. And then a bunch of stuff goes wrong, like really wrong. The PTA has the room booked, the sewing machine breaks. And I actually thought when I was reading this book that all of that was also part of the ruse. But then we get a glimpse into Dee Dee ha- finally having to solve these problems because she goes to Elizabeth and tries to get Elizabeth to fix it. But Jessica gets involved then and has to say that Elizabeth can't come down. Um... And we see that, oh, these are real problems. Like, she really, mm-hmm. Dee Dee really does have to solve these problems. And Elizabeth is just like, peace out. Elizabeth, uh, I found it hilarious, actually, as a part of this ruse, skips school. Mm-hmm. Like, she ditches school and, like, goes to the mall. Right. Just because she cares enough about Dee uh, Dee that she's willing to miss a day of school. Yeah. And yeah. She, only go- she goes to the mall so that we can introduce some police characters. In advance, for some reason. <laughs> Who are they? Oh, the cops, yeah. When Elizabeth comes home, the cops are, like, trying to arrest Jessica for sneaking into her house through the window. Because their parents mentioned they were going out of town, so the police have been keeping an extra eye out. Just yeah. Okay. Can but that you imagine up, yeah. living in I a know. world where you go out of town, and so the police, like, are watching your house for you as a favor? I could see that happening in the town that I went to high school in. A smaller town. Man, I like I've gotten robbed multiple times and the police are just like, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, you just have to have a good, a good, that small town special relationship Uh. with uh, your local police enforcement. Oh, man. (sighs) Anyway, yeah, that doesn't pay off that much because the cops come to the house for the party. Mm -hmm. But then Stephen Wakefield shows up and saves the day. And he's like the 18 year old that's taking. Yeah, yeah. The police are fine with the party where people are drinking underage, as long as there's an 18-year-old there to take responsibility. Yeah, and they have to turn down the music, because the neighbor keeps complaining. But what happens at this party is that a vase gets broken. Mm-hmm. And the bigger thing that happens is that Mrs. Wakefield's plans for something, there's mm-hmm. some very important plans, she's the one thing, it's Chekhov's gun, she says, don't let... Anything happen to these plans, and someone spills beer on the plans. Right. Which are out. And which Mrs. Wakefield <laughs> did not put away yeah. before leaving. She left them on her drafting table, like, out, taped to the table. Mm-hmm. And so now, Jessica has to go to Dee Dee, like, hat in hand, and be like, please save me. And Dee Dee's so busy at this point. She's yeah. like, I don't have time for you. Yeah, because the ruse has worked. She's yeah. taken over. She's loving it. She doesn't even return yeah. Bill's calls. She doesn't return Bill's calls. Like She becomes so caught up in what she's doing that she stops thinking. Of, I mean, partly it's to forget about Bill, but that she stops thinking about Bill. And she's surprised. She doesn't even really realize she's doing it. But she's so caught up in making the most amazing backdrop for Patty's dance. She kind of want to makes up, kind of wants to make up to Patty for being kind of a jerk. And mm-hmm. um, so, so Jessica comes to her and apologizes for everything and Dee's like we good fam and then has to go redo the design apparently i thought she was just gonna like fix the messed up part Dee redoes the entire design and then they're so confident and maybe this is the dumbest thing yes they're so confident but Dee actually says like unless she's looking really really closely there's no way she would ever guess that these are not the original plans it's pretty great because uh, if you study law, you can do both divorce law and border law. And if you are a high school student who's good at design, you are equally good at painting sets and doing high-level architecture that someone has studied for a lifetime. Yeah, Alice Wakefield is a an interior designer. 
Okay. So I'm not exactly sure what these plans even were because it did sound like architecture. Yeah, the way that it was described. Why, like, why would the straightness of lines matter? I think if you had like a mock-up, like a blueprint of the inside of a house, and you were saying like where you were going to place different things. Oh, right. Like if they were going to build. Well, that's still architecture. No, but like if where you were going to place different furniture and things in the house. Yeah, well, I don't think the straightness of the lines would matter. An illustr- well, it, it matters, <laughs> though, if you are trying to recreate it exactly. Right. <laughs> I think that she probably traced it. It's also funny because the stakes are pretty low, because, like, if Dee Dee can complete these designs just fine in half an hour, like, Mrs. Wakefield can Yeah, also they only had... That. that was what it got down to. Like, Stephen calls the house and it's like, Mom and Dad, dude, come home early. Their plane lands in an hour. And... They're like, shit, Dee Dee, you only have half an hour to take care of right. this. So, like, Mrs. Wakefield obviously could have done that, too. Yeah. And they're mad about the vase, but they're happy to be home in time to see the talent show, in which Elizabeth, thankfully, actually gives gives Dee Dee all the credit for having done everything. Although, also weird, because, like, everyone's there to see the talent show, and Elizabeth's intro speech isn't like, welcome, everybody, we got a lot of great talents for you. She's like, hey, everybody just wanted you to know Dee Dee did a ton of work and it was really impressive and everyone starts cheering and chanting Dee 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 and it's like do you haven't even seen the show yet yeah, like that should be true. at the end of the show once you know it's good the chant is very strange but it's <laughs> I was really glad that Elizabeth gave Dee Dee a shout out because basically Elizabeth was supposed to be in charge of this, and instead she stayed home from school and pretended to be sick. Right. And like, it seems like she didn't do in any the months leading up to the talent show, Elizabeth had accomplished exactly zero, and Dee Dee had to actually I do think all Mr. Collins called her into it like two weeks before the show. So, like, there wasn't a show, and then suddenly there was a show. So good. So speaking of the show, are we ready to... Um, Todd. To tease the end of the book, or oh, the yeah. next book with oh, Todd? yeah. So Todd... Is going to do a stand-up act, but when he comes on stage, he's very somber, and he tells everyone that he was not in the mood for comedy, and instead he's going to read a poem. He's going to sing the song from Coco. Oh, remember me when there's something, 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 remember me. So, I think that that song must have been inspired by this Christina Rossetti sonnet Mm. called Remember. Mm. It's very sad. Mm. Um, do you want to hear it? Yes. Wait, the listeners can't respond, so I'm the listeners. Yes, oh, me too. I like the poems. Remember me when I am gone away, gone far away into the silent land, when you can no more hold me by the hand, nor I half turn to go, yet turning stay. Remember me when no more day by day you tell me of our future that you planned. Only remember me, you understand. It will be too late to counsel then or pray. Yet if you should forget me for a while, and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of the thoughts that once I had, better by far you should forget and smile than that you should remember and be sad. I feel a bit of a mixed message. Remember me unless it's painful, I think is kind of the takeaway. Yeah. Well, eventually forget me. Remember mm-hmm. me for a while, then forget me unless remembering me is nice. Right. Just like the theme of Coco. Uh, no, don't forget people. No, 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 <laughs> no. Because no, once no, you no, forget no, no. them, they're actually dead. <laughs> so that's on you. Basically. Yeah. Like, I want to cry and be sad about how sad this is that Todd is apparently telling Elizabeth through a poem on stage that he's leaving. And I guess it's, like, Elizabeth's favorite sonnet, and they, like, read it together, and Todd knew how much she loved it, which is a pretty romantic gesture, except weird. Oh, but- just, like, the coincidence of how Patty's dance number was performed to the song that happened to be Bill and Dee Dee's favorite song oh that's right i forgot about that she's like i wonder if he even remembers this song yeah and he comes up and he's like do you remember this song oh yeah oh we didn't even tell the listeners oh Dee Dee and bill got back together bill comes and and oh my gosh russ marissa do you did you take note of what bill says to her right before he kisses her 
Can I kiss you? He says, can I kiss you? Which I'm pretty sure marks the very first moment of, like, full-on, like, consent asking <laughs> in this book so this far. Is progr- whoever wrote book 22, like, was putting a lot of stuff in here. We get a black character. We get consent. We get, like, a pretty accurate depiction of the impact of divorce and the anxiety that can have on a child. I, I don't know. Like, look, I'm not trying to say that you always have to say, can I kiss you before kissing happens. But in the last book, a guy said, close your eyes, I want to show you something, and then kissed a girl for the first time. So, um, which I guess is not the, the most that could have happened after saying that. But, um, and I'm sure actually there are conversations sometimes b- between like people in a relationship about like how they're about to kiss. But mm-hmm. these exact words I highlighted that I'm like, can I kiss you? Um, and she says, I don't know, can you? <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> but I say it in a sexy way, so it's like... I don't know. <laughs> can you? <laughs> you sound like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's what I try to do, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they get back together. Um, they're going to try again. You know, th- this is the Didi he fell in love with, mm-hmm. so it's all good. And um, you want to tease the next book? Can Elizabeth survive the heartache of losing Todd? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 23. Say goodbye. Mm. Can I survive the heartache of losing Todd? That's the question, listeners. I can't. Well, you won't have to. Exactly. So, do you still think you're an Elizabeth after reading this book? I think you said you were an Elizabeth last time. I did. Uh, But little did I know that there were other options, because I am a Dee Dee through and through. Ah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what is that an option? Yeah. Do you think I'm a DD? Uh, <laughs> I think you're a Bill. Oh yeah, sort of. Because it was Bill's fault too. That was part of what DD. Uh, right. I don't know if that's really true. You can be both. Oh yeah. Wait, I am a Bill, huh? I think you're a little bit of a Bill. Yeah. And you I'm also really worried about other people's feelings and so i want to make sure that i just yeah the whole dana thing like let's yeah. just not talk about it yeah i don't, Although, I mean, I don't no, want to put that I'm on also you overly honest i just guilt purge all the time so i couldn't be bill so i'm some i'm their relationship ah well know. if they if they ever come up again in the series i'll have to bring you back to a, as the expert on bill and dd yeah. you should add that to your resume also mm, bill dd expert i'm a bill d i'm a d d bill <laughs> D. D. Chase. Ooh, no. D. D. Chase. I don't take his name. No, but you're. It's like your couple name. Oh, I see. I, I realize it's also, but now after what all, all Dee has been through, I feel like she would keep her name. Yeah, well, because she's is... a famous designer, and uh, people would link her name to her work, and so she can't give that up. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that was snaps. That was two to three snaps from. Yeah, Russ the first Nichol. one was kind of light. I tried to do the Z snap. <laughs> Russ, thank you so much for joining me yet again. And your insights on Bill and Didi are priceless, so irreplaceable. Right, as in you didn't pay me for this. Mm -mm, Not even a dollar. (laughs) You give me one bite of a donut. Listeners, thank you so much for listening to Sweet Valley Diaries. Thanks to Jocelyn Schofield for Beautiful Boys. Uh, Please send me an email, sweetvalleydiaries at me.com, and follow me on my favorite place to be followed, Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram. I'm also Sweet Valley on Twitter because I got on that tip early, you know, early adopter. And I really would like you to do me a favor. If you like the podcast, one really, really easy thing you can do to help me out is to go to the iTunes store and give me a five-star rating and better yet, a review. I don't have very many ratings or reviews yet, and it's so quick and easy to do it. If you use the Apple Podcast app, you can do it right from your phone. Like right now, you can pull up the podcast. Right, we'll wait. I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah. So pull up the show, like click mm-hmm. on the show page, and then scroll down a little bit and just do five stars. If you do this and then you come find Marissa in person and show her that you've rated it, she will give you a bite of a donut. That's yeah, a I can commit to that. Diaries guarantee. I can commit to that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to find a donut, so you might have to wait a little bit. But if we're in Los Angeles, doesn't take long to find a donut. Doesn't take long. 
That was a dozen donut <laughs> yeah, joke. I, I, are you done yet? Did you rate the thing? Because otherwise you're going to have to hear more of my terrible jokes. That's the carrot in the Yeah, stick. hurry, hurry. <laughs> Thank you. See you next week. Uh, one of the reasons that Russ... Gosh, I keep doing that. I should take my ring off. Hold on. For this episode, Marissa is going to be unmarried. They don't know that I'm not married. Well, they might know. I don't know. I've never talked about my husband before, so... Oh. They might think that I'm just married and uh, secretive about it. Cause He's very famous. <laughs> yeah, or like, I don't want uh, to lose my male fans because they think mm. that I'm married. Mm -hmm. I get that. You know? Like, lose their attention. If you could see the way Marissa looks right now, male fans. <laughs> the look is one of, Russ, please stop talking. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the way I looked in general. I was like, that's a low blow, dude. Because because I'm not dressed up or anything. Like, um, oh, I was trying to say that it was so alluring that oh. if only you could be here in the oh, room with nice. me. That, I think we just learned something about Marissa's <laughs> self-confidence. <laughs> Um, it's only if, as reflected through the eyes of others. Mm. My personal opinion of myself is very high, but I have mm. low confidence in other people uh, sharing that opinion. Ah, I see. You're a real Dee mm. Dee. <laughs> exactly. I'm afraid that is true. Oh, no. We'll talk about it later. Okay, okay. I deserve it. <laughs> Call me out. Call me out. I need to be proud. But mm. I mean... I got a stain on my shirt. <laughs> so that's more what I was thinking. <laughs> um...